It's a real important lesson for you and I to realize that this is what we need to say when we blow it. Hey man, sorry I blew it. And you might have to get an earful, but it'd be better than a war. But see, here's what happens. Pride won't let these people do it. Pride prevents us from clearing the air, asking questions. It prevents us from being honest and sincere. Pride unchecked? Well, Pride Unchecked has a military army ready to fight. Second Samuel chapter 10 is almost a case study in what not to do when you have a misunderstanding. King David sincerely tried to comfort King Hanan of Ammon, who completely misinterpreted David's intentions. Suspicion and bad counsel got the best of Hanan. He humiliated David's diplomatic envoy of servants. When he realized his mistake, instead of humbling himself and speaking earnestly with David, Hanan escalated the situation in pride, causing a full-on war. Misunderstandings in life will happen, but in today's message, Pastor Mark will encourage you to avoid the pitfalls of pride and handle it humbly. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in 2 Samuel chapter 10 for today's edition of Come Alive. What if somebody's doing something really nice, baking cookies for you, and you take some cookies over to a neighbor's house, and they take them, and they're like, well, what is this for? I just wanted to do something nice. Well, there's got to be a reason behind it. Why would you do something nice for me? I've known people like that. Why would you do something nice for me? I've never done anything nice for you. I don't want you to do anything nice for me. I just want to do something nice for you. Oh, there's something behind this. So they take the cookies, and all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, there's your plate back with other cookies on it. Here, just so we don't owe each other anything. Hey, bro, we ain't cowboys out on the range, you know? I mean, it's like, help me out. So I take them. And if I was like that guy, then I'd be like, I wonder why he's doing this nice thing for me. So I'm going to put some more cookies on here, bigger cookies this time. And I'm going to take them back to this freak. And then that freak takes them back to me. And then we got this problem. It was like, man, we're con- there are people like that. Well, what about the people who just take the gift and say, thank you? Are you like that? Can you do that? Somebody does something nice for you, you're like, oh, they probably think I need a handout. Great. I can't believe they think that I need cookies. What are they saying? I'm too skinny? Or would they like to see me a little larger? Or wonder what they're trying to do here. Don't they know? Don't they know I don't like these kind of cookies? Maybe there's nuts on the brownies. Oh, don't they know I'm allergic to nuts? Maybe not. Maybe they're just trying to do something nice. Just something nice. And so it usually starts with us wanting to do something for God. And then we need to do something for somebody that might be in a bad way. David did something for Mephibosheth. He accepted it and he enjoyed it. Mephibosheth accepted it and enjoyed it. It says he sat at the king's table continually. He didn't say, hey, Dave, what can I do for you? Uh, although I can't walk, but I could do something for you. I could, I could wash dishes if you set me up on a high stool. 
I could do it. You know, he just accepted the gift. He just accepted that gift. See, if that's you, if you're that suspicious receiver, there are those, we'll say that. If you're taking notes, you can write down suspicious receiver. If you're that person, someone drops those cookies off and you think they might be, you know, and it's like if that happens, you know, if I was that guy, I'd be taking those cookies and I'd be like, all right, cool, some nice cookies, thinking they could be poisoned. That suspicion turns to pride. That's what happens. You ever notice that, those suspicious people? They're, they're kind of prideful. Uh, they're prideful. Oh, we're all filled with pride, and it's really pride that says, I don't need that gift. I, I just don't need your help. I've offered to help people, and they say, hey, man, I'm okay. I don't need it. And I'm like, man, I'm just trying to bless you with something. And then they find out they do need it, but their pride had stepped in. And guess what? Well, it caused a bunch of problems that could have been avoided. And that's kind of what we see here today. If it isn't pride or suspicion, then it's usually guilt. It works like this. Oh, man, thanks for giving me that, but I don't have anything to give to you. You ever hear anyone do that? You give them a gift, they're like, oh, dude, that's awesome, thanks, but I don't have anything to give back to you. I I used to be that guy. I used to think that if somebody gave me something, I had to give them something back because I owed them something. I didn't want to, it was guilt. And so, it, I mean, it just, it, it just doesn't work very well. I mean, you know, that pride will always mess us up. And so, you know, some people will say, well, I'd rather not take this because I, I really don't have anything to give you back. Uh, I don't want to owe you anything because I'm suspicious of this thing that you're doing for me. And so it'd just be better if you just kept it. Then another response, well, it could be anger. It could be anger. Look at verse 4. Therefore, Hanun took David's servants, shaved off their half their beards, cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks, and sent them away. See, David finds out there's a king who has just lost his dad, sends a delegation to show kindness to Nahash's son, and it's just really kind of, when you look at this, it's, it's kind of hard to explain what happens here. Why these advisors to Hanawin said, hey, these guys are nothing but trouble. So they didn't shave off half their beard where they left a stash or this part, a little goatee. They shaved off one half of their beard, the left side or the right side. And, and they sent them back wearing super short cutoffs. I mean, not good. Not a good scene at all. And it's possible that these guys genuinely suspected David, or they may have just used this as a way to appear wise and cunning to, to the king. Hey, man, we're smarter. These guys, he's trying, to, you know, he's trying to get you. We don't know what's up. Well, Nahash, there was a peace treaty between David and Nahash. And so it was just kind of a political move, kind of like, hey, man, I'm sorry that you lost your dad. Maybe David experienced the loss of his father, and he kind of knew and said, hey, I'm just going to send some guys with some flowers and and some gifts, and here we are, and oh no, they're here to spy and take, take over. You see people like that with the cookies. Well, what are you doing here? You're just trying to see in my house, aren't you? See what I got. Probably not a reputable dude, so you try to deliver some cookies and make it look like, oh, you're a nice guy, but hey, you're just here to see what I have so you can try to rob me when I'm not home. Well, I'm not leaving, buddy. I never leave. I got a chain where I chain myself to my 
living room floor. I'm not ever leaving. That's the, that's the kind of attitude these guys have. It's common for liars to always suspect others of lying. It's common for paranoids to always suspect people of being paranoid. And then other paranoid people hang out with other paranoid people because everybody's after them and, hey, you got my back? And then they're paranoid of the guy watching their back. Well, what if he's not watching my back? I bet he's not watching my back. It just goes around in this weird little circle. But because the servants were suspect of the delegation sent by David, they cut these guys' jeans into these daisy dukes, and so these guys are looking real foolish. And so it's just, it's just sad that people are like that, that they're always suspicious. And usually the reason people are suspicious is because they've done something wrong and they just didn't take care of business the right way and they've done something wrong, and now they feel like they're going to be ridiculed. They're going to be taken advantage of. They have no trust. And it's those who have no trust who usually, well, they're the ones doing the thing that you shouldn't trust. I always tell people, you always know when somebody's really, really, truly lying sometimes because you accuse them of something and they figure, well, if I get mad at that thing, that will show less suspicion on me. But you accuse them and they act crazy and start throwing a fit and you're like hey you're pretty much guilty and you find out i've seen it happen over and over and not with my children but children in youth group when i worked as a a youth leader you confront them on something they'd act like you're the world's worst guy for doing that and then you go look at a videotape and you're like yeah look hey come here i know you got mad i'm sorry i accused you of that but hey you should be really upset at this guy because he looks exactly like you stealing that microphone or that guitar or whatever they stole. And you're like, oh, well, uh, all of a sudden the truth comes out. It's like, man, why'd you throw that big fit if you were guilty? Every single time it happened, it was a guilty person. Throw a fit, it'll take attention off of me and put it on someone else. So these guys are just looking a little foolish. They're sent back home feeling ridiculous, foolish, and embarrassed. A man's beard for a Hebrew man, well, it was his sign of wisdom. Get a good, nice, long beard, meant you were smarter, I guess. I don't know. It was a sign of wisdom. It was, a, it was his pride. In Leviticus 19.27, he was only allowed, a Hebrew man, an Israelite, was only allowed to shave his beard for a couple of reasons. One, if it was for a ritual or profound emotional distress. If you lost a family loved one or you lost a good friend, you could shave your beard and you would mourn in that sense. Sometimes you'd even shave your head. You'd wear sackcloth and throw ashes on top of you. It was was symbolic. And so this beard was very symbolic. So they shave off half, not the whole thing, but half to make them feel foolish. And so it showed contempt for them personally. And so you have all these dudes riding back with their backsides exposed and half a beard. And it's probably the funniest looking thing as you were walking down the road, you'd just be like, what in the world? Oh, don't look that way, kids. Be careful. Why did this happen? And so by cutting the garment, it made them, the garment unacceptable. They weren't allowed to 
I mean, you think about the Israelites and the, and the law that God had given them to be modestly dressed. I mean, it was like they, they wore long robes. They, they were covered pretty much from head to toe, hot weather, cold weather. And so it made them unacceptable as well. In effect, it's symbolically desecrated God's law, what these guys had done to these men. And so let me say this. There's going to be those who, like Mephibosheth, they're going to get it. And then there are going to be those that don't get it at all. It's going to be so new and so foreign to them, they're just like, I don't get it. I'm suspect. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, And when they told David, he sent to meet them. Because the men were greatly ashamed, and the king said, Wait at Jericho until your beards have grown, and then return. And so messengers were sent to meet them and told them to stay in Jericho. This is kind of cool of David because he he could have brought them in. But he says, no, 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 you guys just kind of kick it in Jericho, hang out, let your beards grow. I don't want you guys rolling in here on your, your animals looking the way you look. I don't want you to have to suffer further embarrassment because, I mean, just... Just think at some party, somebody could go, hey, remember that day you guys rode it? That would be not cool to do. It was a horrible thing. And so David defended them, and the same goes for you and I. We have a king that will defend us. See, if you're insulted as the king's ambassador, it was an insult to the king. And when we're insulted as Christians, well, you know, they're just insulting God. It's nothing personal against you. It's really just an attack on our Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ. And so David cared for these men's dignity, and he didn't use them to charge people up or try to get them to say, hey, you know, this was wrong. That was what was done to them. He didn't bring them on a platform and say, can you believe that this had taken place? Like some political leaders do today in some places of the world. To, to try to further their political career so they could have people see what they're going to do for their guys, their men, their people. David said, and here's how this played out. There was this confrontation, right? David goes and they, these people confronted him. And so David says, hey, you know what? We just need to talk this over. Then there's this isolation. And, and the reason there's an isolation, it was for the restoration and that's the same thing with us. Sometimes we're confronted. God confronts us with something. Maybe we're, we feel a little embarrassed or foolish about something that's going on in our lives. And he says, hey, I'm just going to confront you and talk to you about this. Now I'm going to isolate you for a little bit. And, and, it's, and the reason I'm isolating you is for the restoration. So, you know, I know you're angry. I know you're mad. You want to go out there and you want to throw blows. But I want you to calm down and sit back and just wait this thing out. And I'll take care of it. And so he does this. David does this for the restoration. See, these guys meant well, and though their kindness was met with evil, David just wanted them to rest. We've all heard, hey, if you get angry, count to ten. Some of us can't even make it to three before we blow because that steam, we got the wrong kind of steam in us. But sometimes it's just better to step away from the situation. I had a friend that was gigantic one time and. He decided for whatever reason he stole something from me. When I confronted him, he did the whole yelling and screaming, I can't believe you would do that, and then punched me. And he just caught me off guard, and I remember falling on top of a table and breaking the table, and I laid there for a second, and I remember thinking, man, this guy's pretty tough. I might lose this fight if I get up and fight. Just lay here for a second. Okay, lay here for another second because this is really feeling good. And then I stood up, and and I just kind of looked at him like, because we were really good friends. Like, bro, why would you do this? 
And he took off running out the door. And a few days later, I saw him and went over to him. And he's like, man, I'm real sorry I've done that. I can't believe I sucker punched you like that. And I feel horrible. I was, I was like, well, what would you run for? He goes, because I knew you would kill me. And I was like thinking, yeah, yeah, I, I would have. But no, I mean, I was just like, no, dude, I was really, I was hurt. I remember that was like one of the first times I told somebody, I was, I was hurt. And he goes, man, I'm sorry I hurt you. I go, no, I wasn't hurt. I mean, physically, yeah, it hurt a little. It went away. I was hurt. My heart was hurt. And he was just like, oh, man. And so there was that restoration. I, I, I could have gone after him. I wanted to go after him. Part of me was just like, no, just leave it alone. Who knows what's going on in this guy's life for him to do that. And so, if you think about our Savior, he had his beard plucked out. Plucked out. Any of you guys that have a beard, just tug on it a little bit and tell me. Pull some hair out. Tell me if it hurts. Does it make your nose run? Make your eyes water? It hurts. His rope wasn't cut. It was stripped off for all to see, hanging on a cross. See, like the delegation, Jesus was put to shame and the delegation rode with embarrassment. And maybe you feel that way today. Well, the good news is that Jesus arose on Sunday with a brand new robe and his beard was in full growth. He was there. See, the delegation had their beard grown back. Took a little while. That's the restoration to bring the beard back. New clothes. And see, our king can make arrangements for you and I even to come back to where we need to be. It just sometimes takes a little time. It takes a little time for some of these things to happen, for restoration, for growth. A beard just doesn't happen. I tried to grow one recently, as most of you know, and it just didn't get down to the ZZ top level and length that I wanted it right away, and so I just shaved it all off, other than this part. And then even that was too long for my wife, because she was like, you're kind of looking like Uncle Sam. If we get you a red, white, and blue hat, you would look like it. So I was like, all right. I was going for Colonel Sanders, but okay. Chicken's my favorite food. But when you think about this, it does. It takes some time for growth. We might slide back. We might fall. And it's important for us to understand that there's a little time for growth that needs to take place so we can mature and be smart enough to know how to handle the thing that has happened to us, the hurt that has taken place. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, When the people of Amnon saw that they had made themselves repulsive to David, the people of Amnon sent and hired the Syrians of Beth Rehob and the Syrians of Zobah, 20,000 foot soldiers, and from the king of Makkah, 1,000 men, and from Ishtob, 12,000 men. When you look at this, here it doesn't say that David was mad and he gathered an army together to go fight for his guys. All it says is he told his guys to hang out in Jericho and wait and wait. But what do these guys do? Well, it goes back to the paranoia situation. Oh, no, look what we did. We probably really upset that dude. And now, well, he's going to come after us. This is David. This is the guy that beat Goliath. Let's go. Oh, get, get some guys together. Start going around and gathering people because now we need, we need other people to back us up on this situation because David's coming. See, David was just allowing some time. It doesn't say that David was looking for a fight. It says the people of Ammon saw and realized what they had done. 
And so they start freaking out, hiring mercenaries. They start growing armies instead of saying, hey, David, sorry for what we did to you. Or, hey, sorry, I misunderstood that you were talking about male nursing as a profession and not an action. Please forgive me. Forgive us. I bet David would have been like, hey, man, just don't let it happen again. I don't know what the outcome would have been. But they didn't. They didn't say, hey, David, sorry. Man, we blew it. But for us, it's a real important lesson for you and I to realize that this is what we need to say when we blow it. Hey, man, sorry I blew it. And you might have to get an earful, but it'd be better than a war. But see, here's what happens. Pride won't let these people do it. Pride prevents us from clearing the air, asking questions. It prevents us from being honest and sincere. Pride unchecked? Well, pride unchecked has a military army ready to fight. That's what pride unchecked does. It has, it has ammo ready, built up, ready to go to war. Look at verse 7. It says, now when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. Well, David's no fool. He's not going to let some guy amass armies and not try to defend himself. Because now he knows what they're capable of. He's like, hey, they're ingrates. And so now David, verse 7, heard of it, sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. And then the people of Amnon came out, put themselves in battle array at the entrance of the gate. And the Syrians of Zobah, Bethrehob, Ishtob, and Makkah were by themselves in the field. So here we go. We're about to have a war. People are about to lose lives over a misunderstanding. People are about to get hurt over a misunderstanding. People are about to have widows and there are going to be kids with no fathers because of a misunderstanding, because somebody whispered into somebody else's ear that this was what was taking place over here. When in all actuality, kindness was the only reason for the delegation. Hey, bro, I'm sorry that you lost your dad. They're coming in to spy and take us over. So we have all these people ready to fight from Amnon and from Israel. Why? If you ask the question why, well, all David wanted to do was show kindness and a war's brewing because of a misunderstanding. The book of 2 Samuel continues the story of David, the second king of the nation of Israel. From his ascension to the throne, to his battlefield victories, to his sins and failures, God continually describes David as a man after his own heart. This distinction reminds us that though we fail, our God still delights in having us a part of His family. We can bring our sins to Him in an attitude of repentance, knowing He offers us grace anew for each morning. We'd love to pray for you and encourage you in your journey of faith, so please give us a call. Let us know how you heard about Come Alive and feel free to ask us any questions you have, and we'll do our best to answer. Call us at 281-391-5503. Do you live in or are you visiting the Katy area? If so, we want to meet you. 
Here's Tracy with more information. Calvary Chapel Katy is a great group of Jesus followers who are ready and waiting to welcome you into our family. We'll make sure you find a friendly smile and a listening ear. We genuinely want to get to know you. Come and see us on Sunday at 10 a.m. or find out more about our men's and women's Bible studies. Give us a call with any questions and to get directions. Our phone number is 281-391-5503. See you there. Thanks, Tracy. Tune in again for more from 2 Samuel right here on Come Alive.